Hi, I'm Rich Wynn. And I'm Rebecca Nixon. And this is the PropTech Growth Podcast. Every episode, we interview an expert in the PropTech startup space, gathering their advice and expertise to help you run a successful PropTech business. I'm the portable PropTech CMO, and I help PropTech startups build and scale their commercial growth strategy. I'm Rich from Richwind Consultancy. I specialise in operations, sales and process, helping fintechs and PropTech companies to grow. I founded a company called uh, Safe2. It deals with the compliance side of things for properties, simplifies the whole gas safeties, electrical safeties, things, things like that. Yeah, the problem it solves is is trying to find a good trade and trying to marry them up with the, the, the time of a tenant needs. Just simply just put it on the platform and it does the, the digital for you. So. Cool. I say it's got cool. boring. Trying to sell this exciting platform for a boring <laughs> topic is very. No, listen, exciting is really overrated. Yeah, exciting true. doesn't get you anywhere in a challenging market. Value for your clients is what gets yeah. you sales in this market. So good for you. Okay, there you go. I, I thought of you the other day, James. Was it yesterday? Yeah. A couple of days ago. And yeah, it was Sunday. I, I got, I can't remember what it was, an email through anyway, a local estate agent were looking for an admin assistant to do a load of stuff. And one of the things on there was make sure that all the properties have up to date gas safety certificates and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, PropTech that does that. And then the next section, PropTech that does that. Next section, yeah, you've got PropTech that does that. And it's just, Mm -hmm. and these are quite big estate agents in our area. I was just like, how do they not know about this stuff? I'm going to go right. in and, and, and have a chat to them because they were paying like 24 grand or something like that for this person. I'm just like, you're mad. Like, literally, there are so many things and there's so many of these people are integrated anyway. Like, it's just keeping in touch with yeah. the landlord and, and, and stuff like that was one of their tasks. It's like, you can, there's. You just automate that easily. It's mad. It's just changing their whole process and just trying to change their mindset of their routine or just how it's been for the last decade. So yeah. It's, and it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. But Slowly but surely changing. But yeah, it is a, a bit of an yeah. uphill battle. They need to right. sort out their marketing effort, don't they, Rebecca, really? That's what it is. It's funny to say that because I had a conversation with somebody about somebody who works with agents and a lot of the marketing work I do is to agents because I work in prop tech and loads of these solutions are built for agents. And this person was saying the agents need help with their marketing and would I be interested in putting together a program for them? And I'm just thinking that sounds a bit B to C for me. I don't know. I don't know. And then I thought, hang on a minute, maybe I should actually consider this because, all right, maybe I don't work in the B to C space, but a lot of the same principles apply and I work with agents to a degree enough that I can know where they're at and maybe what they need a bit. I don't know. I've thought about it. Keep yeah, I think up. you should do it. I think it could be a, a, a you know a good one. I think everyone yeah they overlook that side of things, the agents marketing sort of perspective. Mm. It'd be a learning curve for me. I'd have to do quite a bit of research to make sure I get it right. But yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about me and my ideas. <laughs> Marketing's easy, Rebecca, you know that. So like you do it for one, you do it for yeah, another. Like, well, it's, no, the only thing no, easier no. than marketing is ops, Rich. So you are, sorry. The only thing that's easier than marketing is ops. 
Yeah. Oh, let's get some automation in. L- oh, you don't have CRM. <laughs> We've got sales in the back as well, then, isn't it? Never heard of Zapier. <laughs> no, a lot of people haven't actually. A lot of people yeah, haven't heard yeah, of that. Be surprised. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so James, tell us a bit about your your background and how you came up. Like, obviously, not from school age, but how you got into this space. And obviously, you were with Reach and all that sort of stuff. It'd be interesting to get your take on it. Uh, where you came from and, and where you want to go yeah sure my background's in in trade so i'm a gas engineer by trade i left school had an interest in property but didn't really know how to get into it if you don't have the money when you're that age yeah started a trade and just learned from there starting from like the inside out if you like work my way up made my business and how i created safe two was been directly involved with how like the booking process of gas safeties from landlords, laying agents and tenants. And it's just how outdated it was and how much of a pain it was to try and get together the the, the correct time and then chasing the certificate. And I, I remember just sitting, sitting in the van and going, it has to be a better way. There has to be a, a solution. The, the classic light bulb moment, if you, if you like. And then there wasn't one. So we made it. It's as simple as that. And then it just it's just snowballed from there. It just seemed that there seemed to be a, a, a need to try and fill this this problem of trying to simplify the whole updated method of it. So yeah, it started and like I said, snow, snowballed from there. Yeah, it's the first few clients. Laying agents was the easiest way to go to. Obviously, landlords, although it was a particular problem for landlords, letting agents were the were the easiest route. So we went to, to letting agents. And then, like you said, that's where I got picked up by, by Reach. So it's all good from there. Excellent. And so since Reach, how's everything gone? Has it been a good thing for you, a bad thing for you? What, how's it all um, gone? So Reach, uh, for me, Reach was phenomenal. It opened some doors that I would never been uh, opened if I, if I wasn't part of the program. And also uh, put me uh, in a room with people that I wouldn't been able to get into that room and, and that's what it's all about right making the connections making the relationship shaking those hands having a beer with them and just um you know face to face rather than emailing this or hearing about that it's just getting in a room with the right people and just having a chat yeah that's good and, and yeah we reached did that we did that we gave me the ability to to shake the right hands to do what i needed to be and it must have been a learning curve as well for you obviously coming from obviously running your own business gas engineer but to then come into this space not really knowing anybody apart from letting agents to then going to the level where reach are, are investing in you and, and incubate and all that sort of stuff it must have been quite a learning curve the learning curve for me was yeah it was quite sharp so i was very much a yeah, you go in the van and, and you go out and you, you do your work changing that mindset of physically working and trying to make things work for you so going from working in a business to working on a business it's it's that change that's 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 the learning curve there you don't get me wrong it was a lot of fun but there was it was definitely struggled a lot along the way um, but reach did help with that reach did they they took the time to sit down and they went through my pitch process they went through what i need to do how i need to speak to people how i need to come across I remember the first time they put me on stage to talk to people 
I was terrified. Absolutely, I've never done public speaking, and I was terrified. It just comes with experience, and and now it's I'm still nowhere near where I'd want to be, but it's just yeah, just building up that skill set. You know? Nice. And where where does the company go from here? Are you allowed to say yet, or? <laughs> well, it depends how long this takes to go out. So we we are in yeah, talks with the NRLA. The NRLA are now a massive partner of us. I'd probably try and stay away from acquiring the word acquiring just for now. But yeah, they yeah, the NRLA are and, and say to work very closely together. Uh, they see the value that we can bring to their landlords, and they can take us to the next level. So they can help us with with the tech, they can help us with the funds, they can help us with the connections, and they like I said, they, they see the value and they can they, they can put us in the right position. So yeah, the, the partner between safe to partnership between safe to and NRLA is going to it's gonna be a good one. Excellent. One. Excellent. And what's the end game for you? Where do you want to be in five, ten years? Where do I want to be in five, ten years? Do you know what? Ever since I started, everybody's told me to make sure you have an exit plan, make sure you, and do, do you know, I just do, if that makes sense. Uh, I have my plans, but it's all very short term. So I just do, and I make my way through, and I, I live one day to the next, I work one day to the next. Everybody has a plan, this grand exit plan, and this and that. Of course, everybody does, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm enjoying the journey and it's something that I know that I can continue and try and turn it into this big thing. As for an exit plan or where I want to be, knowing that I would have in three to five years, knowing that I've built something from the ground up, I have X amount of users, I'm, I'm, I'm making X amount of certificates convenient for so many people would be, would be good enough for me, I think. And with regards to innovation, because obviously it's not just that you've digitalized forms and made it the process easier, but do you, are you still striving to innovate more? Are there other processes that you think you could do something with? Does it overlap with others? What, so where are you looking to go from an innovation perspective? Sure. So there's no, there's no like end. There's no end to innovation, right? And you think that you can solve these processes, but by solving these processes, it opens up another whole world of, oh, if we solve this, we can actually connect it to that and solve this. So innovation, the reason I love automation, innovation, and, and that is because it's just a never ending one step to the next. You solve this problem and by solving this problem, it means that I can then solve the next problem. So the innovation stepping stones is just something that's just so interesting. And we have a plan, we have a short-term plan, innovate the certificates, the whole the booking process, simplify the entire method of it. But by doing that, we can then knock it onto remedials. Okay, so how do you simplify the whole remedial process of it? When you, when, you, when you solve that problem, then you go for, okay, so what about infantries? Now we work very well, we work very closely with uh, infantry base, so we're gonna, and solve, they've already solved that problem. How can we help them to bring landlords um, to, to simplify infantries for landlords and just go from one problem to the next and just salute and um, solving it one, one step at a time? That's the fun part about it. How do you find, because obviously you, you, you young guy, and how old are you? I just turned 37, actually. Yeah, so I'm 38, so you're young. 
you look a lot, you look a lot, a lot younger than I do. We're a baby face. That's why I try and buy, yeah. grow some bum fluff to try and age me. <laughs> How do you find, as I think many sort of people who, with startups can struggle with it, and I certainly know when I I did, I hardly saw my kids, even though they were young, just because I was working 14 hours a day and doing what I had to do to make, to make it a successful business. How do you find that balance or getting that balance between spending enough time with your family and spending looking at your innovation how can and doing all the stuff with reach and shaking hands and greasing the right palms and everything like that how do you or have you found a balance of that yet so work-life balance i feel it's hard enough as it is but when you have a, a startup where every day is is we can call every day a gift it's you never know what the next day is going to bring work-life balance is really difficult i remember that i the first 12, 18 months were, the, were definitely tricky. Lots of lots of late nights, lots of uh, arguments with my wife. But I don't think I found the work-life balance, but I'm a lot better than what it was now. It's I found that it's, what's the word? It's accepting that when you, you need to have your family time and knowing that there's still a million things to do, but accepting, right, there's nothing I can do about that right now. Accepting that two hours, three hours, whatever it is, I'm going to concentrate on the family. I'm not going to worry about the work and then switch it. Okay, guys, I now need to go into the office. I need to do a bit of work and having that stage. I found very stressful spending time with the family, spending time with the boys. But you have this little knot in your stomach knowing that I've got all this stuff to do and I've got to get it done and you're very distracted. So you do half, you half-ass your family life and then you half-ass your work life as well because then you feel guilty that you're not downstairs or, or with the boys or your family it, it is tricky partnership with my wife has been has been pretty key so she knows that when i when i have to work like i go away a lot more than i ever did as a, as a trader you go home you swear you go to work and you come home there's times that i have to spend the night away or go away for a couple of days i, I tell my wife i am working honestly it's not just a jolly but it means that she, you know, she has that extra, uh, added pressure of looking after the boys, taking them to school, picking them up from school, and she works as well. So, but it's having that that the the team that I can rely on her to to do that, knowing that everything's okay, I can do what what I need to do for work, and then I can come back and then help that support. So that support with 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 the wife has been has been key for sure. But it's it's just knowing that you know, accepting that. I'm not going to be able to do anything right now. Spend the time with the boys. We have a dinner with the boys, and you know, put the boys in their bath, put them in the bed, and you just have to pick up the laptop again later on. You just have to accept that. Eight o'clock, you can sit down again, and you can open that laptop, and you're away for a couple of hours. It's just how it is. And I don't think that will change for for uh, for a little while. No, it's good. It seems I think for young entrepreneurs, and even for me consulting and contracting and things like that finding that balance is very difficult usually the people that we speak to are much more established or have been long in the two stale pale is a lot of who we speak to because they've been there and, and done it or they they want to do it or it's joe i read somewhere that it's in your 40s where your business really comes to the fore or you start something in your 40s because you've done the employment side of stuff. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. So that makes sense. That yeah, yeah, no, that's so good. Some people they do ask. Some people ask, do I regret starting it, or would I go back and start it? And I always would, but 
I just say it is starting safe two and, and being in this position has been the best and the worst thing alongside each other. It's been the most fun, the most rewarding, satisfying and potentially amazing thing. But also the time it's taken away from me and this and the other has been bad. So they're running side by side, the best and worst thing that you can mm. do for sure. You seem to have a very stoic mindset though. I'm hearing you say things like, I'm taking it one day at a time. I make sure that I'm in the moment, whether it's with my family or doing the work, I try and stay present because that's that time that's for that thing. I think you seem to have a strong grasp on what you want to get out of this. And when you talk about not having an exit strategy, immediately I thought, ah, oh, it's because he really enjoys the work. And then straight afterwards you said, it's because I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy doing it. And I think mm. that makes it so much easier if you don't enjoy it and you're just slogging or grinding and the family doesn't get to see you I just can't I can't imagine that ending up well for anyone mental health is definitely at the forefront of my mind at the moment I recently surveyed and interviewed like 40 different prop tech founders mm. and I just asked them what's the biggest challenge you face as a basically b2b prop tech startup SaaS founder mm. it's pretty niche pretty specific and overwhelmingly the response was staying on top of my mental health being okay i'm like wow i wasn't expecting that i thought people were going to say things like oh yeah you know, legislative changes and esg and emergence of ai and how i'm expected to integrate that into my platform and it's a really difficult market for VC at the moment none of that yeah that's interesting actually it is really it's, it, and i talk about it and don't get me wrong that there's been times i'm just going what am i doing you wake up and you're like what am i doing why am i doing this why am i doing this to myself and it's and it's tough but it's, it's just having that mindset to come to, to to come back knowing that i think i'm just stubborn as well i think i'm just i'm really stubborn and i just i've never really given up on anything so you just accept where it is but you, you got to have passion right you've got to have passion for what you if you don't love what you're doing if you're doing it if you start a business if you have a startup if you don't have that passion and that then it's just never going to work because it literally is uh, a killer and it, but if you keep the passion you keep the drive and it's for something you know? i think one thing that i found and i haven't but i must have been very close to is burnout is a key sort of thing that you sometimes you don't know that you burn out and so you keep going and stuff like that but if you start to feel like oh, it's too much or overwhelmed or whatever or you're just working all the hours like you've just got to you just got to stop and take a two-week holiday like your business isn't going to fall apart in two weeks you're looking to have a business partner and and some other stuff going on plus there's a lot of automation take that two weeks at Poulton Park just without paying for the hotel <laughs> or just get away for a weekend it's something that so I went to I can't remember some island that was hot and the whole time I was on my phone because the business it was mortgages and the business still needed to be run and I was number one salesperson within that organization so obviously there was a big drop-off but at the end of the day was that the difference between us surviving and, and not no it's just one week I and again I, I would just turn my phone, I'd airplane mode it and just say bad 
bad signal or whatever but uh, yeah it is so important and i keep saying for a young entrepreneur because again you don't have that many people around you at the same age as you and so it's more difficult to speak to people about obviously you've got a good sort of mentor and, and partner in steve but so I was yeah gonna, i was gonna mention that actually yeah sorry sorry to butt in but yeah i was going to mention that that the uh, the best thing I what has helped me has been around the people around me. Steve Rad is is helped, and his partner James as well. They've been brilliant. People at the NRLA have been has been awesome. Been got close with Ben Vito. He helps me. He gives me guidance because when you start these things, you do compare yourself so lot. You, you talk about age, and you get in a room, and and suddenly you feel like a boy because everybody is experienced and they know what they're doing but really everyone's been in this position uh, and it's having the steve rads and the bambidos and a very close friend of mine matthew whitfield to have there and to have the the ability to just bounce ideas off there's a group that's been started do you know etan from help me fix yeah cracking guy close, uh, friend, of the, mate, close friend of the show he's a cool dude right so, guy, isn't he? he's so nice he is and so he started a group of entrepreneurs as well so there's i don't know seven or eight of us i can't remember all the guys in there the, the, the companies i think it's, it's bobo and then tom's in there from somewhere like van from coho coho i'm um, sorry guys if you're listening i just bad memories and uh, we're getting we meet every couple of months and it's been really invaluable to to not go oh look we're doing so good my business is this and my business is that and we're really good and really strong it's to sit down and go how shit has it been this week <laughs> how bad is it for you how and we can just bounce ideas off of each other and just lean on each other a little bit and that's been quite valuable actually we get a lot from that a lot from that so that's been quite been quite a bit good to be a part of that's awesome and it, it must be nice to hear people like van who have a more established company and a, a bigger database and in a different position to you is it more advanced them saying yeah it's been really hard the market is really tough at the moment so even though you're in sort of different sp spaces it must be nice to hear that established businesses are struggling as well and uh, that's what i'm hearing at the moment from especially in the consultant uh, area the new business is limited because either people are waiting for funding which arguably at the moment not, right not gonna get but or it, it's just yeah it, it's and uh, i think that's it's evolve or die even in that industry rebecca's come up with pitch perfect and that's been really successful and i think you do have to keep looking to innovate as an entrepreneur whatever sector that you're in for me i struggle with being called an entrepreneur always have like even when I ran my own fintech, I didn't, it's imposter syndrome or whatever. I always think of entrepreneurs, people that have done it and are successful and have made it rather than people just like starting a business self-employed and, and doing it from there. But actually it, it's quite a big thing and it, it, it's something to be applauded. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I do think that you've got Entrepreneurs now are, I think it's changed, you know. Uh, again, before all of this, 10 years ago, if somebody said, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, I would have said, so you're unemployed then. It's not, you know, now it's different. And I don't like calling myself an entrepreneur, for sure. It feels a little bit pompous, maybe, but yeah, they, they, but technically, yeah, we're entrepreneurs. And I think it just means a little bit different now, for sure. But to go back from what you were saying as well, and it's 
you think you think all these problems are unique to you when you find out that actually they're not and everyone's going for exactly the same thing that it's really nice like we talk about mental health everybody's going for the same thing you talk about shit how am i going to be able to afford wages this month and then you you hear that the guy that's got his two three million pound turnover business is actually exactly the same position than you worrying about wages and you think oh okay fine so it's not just me that that helps as well how many people do you employ Four. There's only four of us. So we're a very small company. We're also, no, we're a very lean company. So that's the whole point is automation, innovation, and the whole process and the platform that we built is our best employee. That's the one that will talk to the tenants. That's the one that talks to the landlords or the laying agents and the trades, the platform does, you know, the goal is uh, 80% of the jobs that we do we don't touch. That's the whole point. We're not supposed to touch it. It's the 20% that will always need some sort of manual input. But yeah, 80% of it, the job will be ordered, the tenant will put the dates in, then the trade will accept it, and then upload the certificate. It's just a, you know, a revolving door. That's really cool. I love that idea. I, I think so many, so many startups would benefit from just taking that simple piece of advice. It's one of those nuggets of wisdom okay can you automate 80 percent of this can you build 80 percent of this into your product so that you're just doing 20 percent of the work as people with your human intervention because in terms of scalability as well for your business it's got to be a big winner yes for scalability absolutely and the, the best thing you can do for your business is to make yourself redundant that's 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 the game isn't it that's the goal to be able to go on these holidays and to to do what you need to do you need to make sure that you are not an integral part of that business. You need to make sure you're redundant for this business to thrive, right? Otherwise, it's just you're the business. That's not how it should be. I think, is it the lean startup where yeah. that guy is just, my businesses were so much better than without me. But again, I think with that, you have to have the right team or the right people around you to be able to do that or mm -hmm. trust the team enough because ultimately it's still your business and you still need that money to be able to live so yeah i think that's good and I, I think the lean philosophy is so key to making it work because i, I speak to as sure you do rebecca so many prop techs and, and fintechs and they're like yeah we've got this amount of staff and i'm just thinking why like, why have you got that many you don't need them you're like mm -hmm. you're spending 40 grand a month on uh, your whatever the equivalent of that is and then you've got five sales staff you don't you, but your, your mrr is two grand what are you doing like I know. it's easy to sit here and say and obviously when you're in the moment or if you've never done it before it is it is key and that that was one of my issues when i, I had hooched is that i think we had 16 employees at one point we probably needed five six but you get caught up in the moment and i think that's the issue as you try and scale you yeah think, so to do it's also so this is traditional to just hire people but there's also an element of ego uh, uh, mm -hmm. there as well in the, so you asked me how many do you how many people do you employ oh, there's only four of us you would the traditional instantly you'd think small company and that's why i corrected myself not small company we're a lean company there's that ego to say i, I employ x amount 20 30 50 people and you hold your chin up you hold your head up yeah i employ all these people when actually you, need to is that's not that's not the point it's not that's how not how it should be nowadays lean is the way forward 
automate, innovate, and create. <laughs> automate, innovate, yeah. and create. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what happens in so many startups, you, know, you get funding and you get so excited about getting the funding that's like, okay, time to scale. We need to deliver on all this funding now. And in fact, when you're pitching for the funding, oftentimes it's, well, we need the funding so that we can hire more people to grow the business. So that expectation is there before you've even scoped out what it is you're trying to achieve and how you might get there in more lean, clever, innovative ways. The market's just not going to tolerate that anymore to be perfectly blunt and a little bit harsh those ways aren't going to work for the next couple of years i think i've said this before if i got a million pounds investment in my fictional company i would put about 750 grand in a high interest savings account and just not touch it for a year or whatever unless i really Mm. had to that 250 grand for a year like you should there's no reason why you can't do that because the biggest expenses are employees so you're either improving your tech slightly or you know in your business for example you you wouldn't need that or you might need a salesperson or a couple of salespeople but you're so you want the automation to work in that maybe instead of hiring a salesperson you improve the automation slightly and then you just have a video process of basically what a salesperson would do and which costs Mm -hmm. like 200 quid or whatever like and with ai and or, or chat gtp and everything like that that's really easy to do and i think for me, I would always look at other options than hiring people. And then you're going to have a lot more runway. You're going to be able to do what you want. And then if it gets to a point where you need to bring some people in, you then just crack open the 750 that's brought you an extra 20, 30 grand in. And that then pays for that person for the year. Obviously, all in theory. Like, I don't know what sort of... I yeah, in, in theory, it works. No, it, it works. They say, then they say, I think I either read somewhere or heard somewhere, you need three people, three core people for a business you need a is a, a hacker a hustler and a hipster so the hacker to do the computer the the hipster to tell you if it's cool and to make sure it's a wanted product and then the hustler is the seller right so he goes and hustles and gets people to use it so i think that's the core of a business it's supposed to be don't worry about that but makes it, sense. Give, it, give it two weeks and you'll see a course out by rebecca nixon called the hacker the hustler and the hippie <laughs> She's got the <laughs> and you just need it. it's a gift to you. You can have it. <laughs> Thank I definitely you. heard it somewhere. It I don't know record. where it is. We've got it on record. <laughs> well, I think that's I'm really like cool. and get it out beforehand, but a we'll race. A race we'll to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting and talking to people is just such a great way to get incredible ideas and I've had so much value out of these sorts of conversations and they are evident in in what I produce and I hope that people feel respected and flattered by that rather than like I've stolen their ideas and their IP. It's, hey, I learned something really cool from you and I've integrated it into what I teach other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, oh, it's really cool. So I'd really love to talk a little bit about growth metrics for your business. I know we've talked about like lots of far more interesting things, but I have to have my nerd moment. So can you talk to me a bit about, uh, yeah, how you measure success in the business and how you go about moving the needle as a founder? Yeah, success 
for us is not only I mentioned before about automation, but it's also about so the certificates that we we measure our certificates every month. So how many we completed, how many have uploaded, how many were that automated start to finish, how many did we have to come into? So in terms of um, metrics that we we measure, we definitely go for certificates per year. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were doing you know two three hundred a month something like that but now we're like three four thousand a month it's uh, it's different from there it's it's also about integrations partnerships things like that so making sure we're not counting the number of accounts so we would rather do tens and tens of thousands of certificates for the few numbers the bigger clients like the nrla for example we're going to be doing their certificates so they're going to be giving us access to, to all our members which is going to be brilliant but yeah it's it's just about just keeping on top of anything exciting going on yeah i, I mentioned about the, the nrla so definitely the the, the nrla that the uh, the close partnership we have there is definitely something that is going to be exciting i think it's going to be uh, incredibly powerful to have steve rad they, they're doing the tech side of things so to have them they're doing the tech you know the nrla you know with the um their members and their lesson certificates i think it's going to it's going to turn into something you know really really powerful Awesome. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Thank you for yeah. your time, James. Good Thanks for joining us on the PropTech Growth Podcast. To learn more, you can find us on LinkedIn or email proptechpodcast at iCloud.com. See you next time.